and I said, hey, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we coming in? That's how we yeah, starting it? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Live off the verses, live off the women's empowerment. This is going to be a really great women's empowered show with Femdemily Venoms. Femdemily Venoms in the house. This ooh, is ooh, Lil ooh, MC. Ooh. This is Unlearn the World. And you're listening to Ratchet and Woke. 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 Right the fuck into it. Ratchet and Woke Podcast. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram, Ratchet and Woke Podcast. And email us questions, comments, and topics. Ratchet and Woke Podcast at gmail.com. Shabuya. Shabuya. Shabuya, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I'm calling oh, extra boy. Ratchet this time because All right. we just came from a woke, woke event. The and woke shop I, that you put together. You yeah, were part of the woke shop. I curated this woke shop. You curated the fuck we out of that woke we shop. Did. I fucked that woke shop. Oh, up. shit. <laughs> Let's tell the people. They're going to be the people who went to the woke shop and then come here and then they'll be mortified. Oh, my God. People need to stop compartmentalizing. <laughs> Let me be both. So I want to be genuine and authentic. <laughs> um, but, uh, but no, congratulations to you for putting on a phenomenal workshop. With Amani Jade, yes. Women's Empowerment, Hip Hop for Change. Really dope, showing about the unspoken or underspoken history of women's influence in hip hop from the beginning. Yes. And you guys chronicled that and you did it well. Um, just kind of speak to the process. Speak to what y'all oh did. Oh my God. How yeah. y'all put it together. How y'all put it down. Oh, shout out Amani. I really fucking love working with her. Just start there. I mean, it's really dope because like, I feel like we're like very uh, different and especially in like... A, our genres of music, you know, like if you put you, I don't think most. Well, people, just clarification: you both do hip hop. It's yes, just two different brands of two such. Two different brands right? of hip hop, you know. And Ma, and Amani kind of spoke on this too. Like she doesn't really use any like ratchet content in her music. Not to say that she she's like judgmental of it or anything like that, but that's just not her brand, and she makes it a point, um, you know, to to. Re- refrain from using pussy wop kind of content where it's like that's kind of yeah. my bread and butter uh, <laughs> um, it gets the butts in the seats yeah i mean and, and uh, someone had made it had asked a question you know where it's like i feel like wop can be empowering because vaginas are beautiful and why not honor vaginas and that's kind of how i feel like i like talking about this my, the my sacred fucking feminine vagina. the vesica pisces yeah yeah and, and i don't know what the vesica pisces is oh the vesica pisces is that intersection when when uh, consciousness is descending into matter, the oh yes, that that one uh, symbol, yes, yeah, dope. exactly. Um, but I mean, like, I feel like one, I like talking about my pussy because I love her and she comforts me, and we hang out all the time, you know, when you're not around. And number two, like, I am a sexual person, and so I'm. It's just a large part of who I am, but I also have other components to me. But it it is kind of like. You know, not a lot of people want to hear you preach to them in music all the time. Um, and I feel like there is certain artists like like Ciroc that do that really, really well, who can be like really woke, but really raw and really enjoyable. But see, I think woke in the way that we make it seem, it gets a bad rap. I, just because you have substance in your music does not necessarily equate to 
wokeness, right? I think there is a fine line between um, being socially conscious and, and putting out that message in your music matter of factly and being preachy. Yes. Right. And there's a lot of rappers. There's a lot of artists in general who come across very preachy 100%. or they try to. And I think that that can often run dry after a while. You know and, what I'm saying? But I also think that being, you know, like talking about sexuality doesn't necessarily have to be deemed ratchet. You know, like right. I think that's another thing is we give sex such a negative connotation and people that just refrain or omit talking about sex entirely. And maybe that is their experience. Maybe they just don't have, maybe sex isn't something that's like a very potent part of their reality. But for me, like, you know, I feel like I, like having a healthy sexual relationship is something that I'm happy about, but also like I do have a lot of darkness surrounding sexuality and I'm going to fucking talk about it in my music. But I think it's just the way that you deliver it that can come across as being like really, really vulgar, you know, like WAP is like so fucking vulgar. But I think like, I, what I try to do is balance it a little bit, you know, like talk about some some ratchety stuff and then kind of come back with a like, you know, kind of like a very, very raw kind of perspective. Substantive, substantive and introspective. It doesn't necessarily need to be about politics or yeah. any of that. Like, you know, what I'm saying I think, yeah, I think same thing goes for my music. I think often and we've spoken about this on the show before that like my name, if you don't know me or you haven't, or you're not familiar with me can give off some sort of hyper wokeness that you're expecting. And then you get more introspection, more like less political rap. Like I'm not an immortal technique and I'll yeah. never be, I don't want to be an immortal technique. Cause I think that he does that very well. And I think that artists like him and others speak to an echo chamber. They're speaking to the converted. Right. Mm -hmm. I've never put myself in a position to speak to the converted. I've often have thought of myself to be that bridge between yeah. one dimension and the right. other. You're and speaking to people dualistic. that are like, you're not going to change people that are already converted yeah. to their political. And they're not going to, you know what I'm saying? Like be fine and sit there and listen to, you know, music with your incense on and your shoes off and your oat milk. And that's fine. Oat you know? milk is not woke. It's, it's just, I don't want to drink your than regular cow milk. milk. Right, but you that comes from a level of awareness, right? People who drink and eat certain things come from a certain level of awareness. So I think often we, we throw certain kinds of food under the bus to equate it with wokeness, like veganism, for example, right? Yeah, I know some fucking ratchet-ass vegans. <laughs> exactly, I know. It's like, how can but you why, not that's, eat dairy but eat dick? It, I don't get it. <laughs> but I think that's kind of like the whole premise of this show and this workshop, this woke to wob workshop that we just held is like, for me, as a brand, I've kind of come into my own as kind of inviting people and encouraging them to embrace their dualities and be like, it's okay, I don't need to compartmentalize everything. Like, I can be, you know, woke in this regard. You know, like, for me, like, I'm woke in the regard as I I love, like, learning and, and, and tracing back the history and the origins and the roots of everything. And I love reading and I love learning about spirituality and, like, you know, all that shit. But at the same time, like... At the end of the night, I'm going to dress in some fucking leather shit and twerk in your face. Like, right. why, why does it, why does it, you know, why can't one, why does one, what's the word, I'm, how, how am I trying to, like, why can't those both coexist together in, in a way that isn't like I mean, cognitive dissonance I think we're dealing with a world people. that's, that's fragmented. I think we're dealing in a world that's compartmentalized and we're ultimately dealing in a world that's really suppressed. 
Hell yeah. You know what I mean? It's really suppressed. But I, I, I digress nonetheless. We have topics to get to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know it's also, like, this, this episode is dedicated to, we're, we're doing kind of like a women's dedication um, episode. Like we, we just told you in the intro, we have the Femme Deadly Venoms, a really fucking badass really dope. female collective uh, from the Bay Area. Really fucking hip hop as fuck. And then we just, you know, like we said, this is kind of like the after party of the Women's Empowerment Workshop we did. There's and, a lot of celebrations going on this week. Yeah, and it's the Aaliyah. Oh, I mean, sorry. Oh, I, it wish was it was Aaliyah. Aaliyah. I wish it was. I wish no, it was. I wish it was Aaliyah. Uh, Keisha Cole and Ashanti versus. had the verses today. Um, we'll get to that in a minute. But uh, And also, the first woman vice president, there man, we go. woman That's of color vice president. I was going to say Martin Luther King Day as well, and we'll get into that a little well, bit. He's not part of the woman. No, <laughs> but I'm talking about the, the celebrations that oh, have been yes. going on this yes, week. We yes, had yes. that at the top of the week, mm-hmm. followed by the inauguration of Joe, of, of Joe Biden, you know, and, and, and yes. Kamala Harris. Getting or, Trump the fuck out of is here. It Kamala? No, it's Kamala. Yeah. I don't really know. I Just don't call her <laughs> Vice President Harris. Madam Vice President. Madam Lee. Congratulations to both of them. And, you know, it was, everybody rejoiced. And then we had the verses today. And nothing, no bombs or threats or any crazy nothing. shit they, happened yeah, that I, I think, know of. So. And I was reading something the other day that, that QAnon is like kind of up in arms. Like they really thought that <laughs> the, the, the extremists in QAnon who were totally for President Trump thought that like in the final hour he was going to like flip a switch and then start the revolution. He's tired right? and old. And people, but I think the the article that I was reading was very interesting because it, they in the article they they realized that he's a politician who was leaning on your your uh your uh your worldview and kind of playing up your worldview to get your vote. And that's pretty much it and to keep you supporting him regardless of whether or not he supported you. And you fell for it. And I don't really feel bad for you. So there's that. Peace, QAnon. <laughs> Moving forward. <laughs> so versus happened tonight. I mean, I didn't really, we, t- we tapped into it a little bit. Were, were, any takeaways from that? Yeah, we didn't really get to watch a lot of it because we were occupado for yeah. most, most of it. But, you know, I just, Keisha Cole is a fucking legend. Like, yeah. Can we just say that her voice is so dope yeah, and I'm I so f- proud that she's in Oakland. I native. forget how long she's been in the game. She's and been I in, didn't like, think she was from Oakland until Najee told me he was her babysitter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, I was yeah. like, you got to put that in the bio, like. Keisha Cole put me down for nap time. <laughs> <laughs> Take that, exactly. Eminem. Exactly. And I was just telling you earlier how I, I, I've, I've seen Ashanti perform live before, and it wasn't <gasps> as good as oh, yeah. what I saw on the verses. And you like didn't her voices. fuck her. That's what you clarified. No, I, and I you didn't did fuck not. Usher either. I, no, I met Usher did not fuck Usher either. Aw. <laughs> I'm sorry. You got me fucked up. But in any case, like that, but... When she was performing then, it was way better now. I mean, and, and to, yes, she was a newer artist then, and she was just a songwriter then versus now. But you could see like just the the, the polishedness of of her of her vocals and her being able to sing live when a lot of people didn't think she had that kind of vocal range was very um, uh, refreshing to see. But Keisha Cole is Keisha Cole. Like people forget how how many records, how many smashes she has. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I I didn't hear any of those songs that I really love from Keisha Cole, with the exception of Sent From Heaven, but I was waiting for, like, P. Diddy and, and the song she has Last with P. Diddy. Night, I was waiting really for... Get an yeah. Oh, no, she played the one with Sean Paul that I fucking love. Oh, yeah. That was from... Wasn't that the song to Save the Last Dance? It was from one of those dance videos. Chad one of those dance movies. Can we play that? 
We should. Okay. We, we should no, I'll get into your list. I know what I'm really excited for is to what? announce that we, we are going to be doing lists every episode from now yes, on. Because yes, yes. So actually, let's break, that, let's break into that. Okay. I don't have this list. So this <gasps> list is solely yours. So I'm just going to oh, let you rock out. You didn't make your sexy nah, list? No, nah. no. I, I wanted you to make your list so that I can make a list of my own that's exclusive to me. Right? That's stupid. Nah, you have to I share our list dope. and say who's better. No, nah, just put your list. It'll be the Ratchet and Woke, the Ratchet and Woke list. Okay, right? well, we have to release I them. co-signed this list. Okay, do you like Though these? I don't take credit for all of this. <laughs> Go ahead. So, roll in the hay. Number okay, one. so just so we're understanding what oh, we're yeah. listing here. <laughs> we we're listing code words or code terms for sex. Not even code terms, just other words for Other words. It. Other words. words for, yeah. So, roll in the hay. <laughs> fan favorite. Yes. Fornicate. Okay. Running the bases? Hey. <laughs> no, that's, that's a good one. Rocking the boat? Uh-huh. I like it. Uh, copulation? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Closing the deal? Yes. Sweet tile. <laughs> Shag. <laughs> Baby making. Okay. okay. So I Very transactional. Ruckus love making. That's my favorite. <laughs> and <That> coitus. Coitus. <laughs> I like saying coitus. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe you don't have a list. But I man. like doing raucous love making. <laughs> <laughs> don't ever ask me to copulate. No, I'm going <laughs> to ask me to do that. Hey, we Ma, have a schedule of copulation. You trying to copulate, Ma? You trying to copulate? Um, <laughs> you trying to cop on that copulation? Yeah, you trying to copulate, Ma? I'm saying, though, what you doing after Don't this? Don't talk to my mom that way. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds weird. <laughs> Relax. Oh, my God. So, uh, okay, I mean, we have, I have so many topics that I want to try to get through um, in the short time that we have. Yeah, I don't know them. any of these, so I'm just going to sit here and let you rock with it, I guess. Yeah, like, no. Nah, what I the mean, fuck does any of this mean? I mean, I was trying to be a responsible host of the show and keep up on current events but you couldn't do your 10 sex list nah see yeah. i had other things to do this is the yin and the yang of the of i think the it's just easier for you to come up with this in the ratchet sex list yeah okay. totally because you were gonna i mean there was gonna be overlap i was gonna do rolling the hay i was gonna do fucking no you weren't what other ones were you gonna do bang oh damn bang. i didn't even get bang Right, uh-huh. and then and then you always give me shit for uh, euphemisms regarding sex being violent, so I couldn't like put beat it down or any yeah, of that you other can. shit. That's how you, know you that's how you like to feel. I feel like it should be a roll in the head. You want to beat down the pussy? I want to roll beat in it. You know. Down. <laughs> Get in the Let's chopper. talk about that one story where uh, my friend Hana was confused about get that pussy she thought it was a yes term please that tell this she story. thought it was a t- i was like riding around in the car with her she was like i'm gonna get that pussy tonight and she's a straight <laughs> woman with me alone and she was confused thinking that that was like an interchangeable like a slang phrase term for like for every like meaning for her to get laid get dick but she just thought it was get pussy and it was um you know, I had to enlighten her on that day. <laughs> so <laughs> let's weird. get let's get let's move away from the ratchet. Yeah, I feel like we're a little we, heavy we, in we, it. We, um, I think that if we're gonna get to one of your hot takes, we no, should I mean, talk about the MLK hot take that you right, have. All right, well, let's get MLK into that. Day. So I saw an article in um, well, a couple of things about MLK. We had his uh, his his birthday this week, so that's why people are talking about it and celebrating. But I have a really good MLK hot take, but I wanted to just briefly reflect on this article that came out in the Atlantic that said that the death of Martin Luther King was paving, paved the way for hip hop yes. one way or another, which I, at, at first glance, I kind of disagreed with because I didn't really make the connection until I started like really deep diving and then realizing like, oh, I even, I even talk about this in my lecture. Right. But I think what they're referring to, um, is, is the emergence of, of black art, black resistance art that came from the assassination of Martin Luther King Jr. 
And as that moved into the 70s with all the other radical movements suppressing and going underground, poetry was one of those. And that was one of the main uh, influences when it came to MCs in 1973, 74, a lot of their influences came from the Gil Scott Herons of the world, the last poets and people who were inspired and motivated by the social upheaval of the 60s. So that was an interesting article, but it made me then think about a hot take that I've had on MLK in general and why white people or the, the average white person can't really see beyond their fragility to recognize that even their complicity is compliance in this racist system. And it's because of their view of racism and their view of racism is not in the way that we understand it as people of color who've experienced it in that very nuanced way, systematic racism, outright racism, you know, subtle racism, all these different shades and spectrums of it, right? Their idea and understanding of racism is literally based on the MLK I have a dream speech that's where it's based in they understand because that's all they are they are taught about the black experience and, and that's racism. probably done purposely you know what I'm saying so yeah by design so I mean when you when you're an average white person going through a public education system you're gonna get Rosa Parks you're gonna get bus bu- bus boycott and you're gonna get the I have a dream speech mm-hmm. there's really not a lot that you're gonna get about Martin Luther King other than those things right so they ram the I have a dream speech down your throat make you memorize it make you like try to recite it and shit and basically all he says in this in this speech is that he has a dream that one day black boys and girls will be able to go to school go to school and, and be friends with white boys and girls yeah so that's it's if, if it's clearly stated in this in this I have a dream speech this is what they think is the dream yeah not economic equity or equality not housing not any jobs mass incarceration coming to an end none of that other shit well, it is doesn't e- talk about the nuances of all of the right. historical context or anything it's anything so their idea of resolving racism is oh let black people and white people just be friends and when you look at where we are now in our society where you know you do have interaction between black people we had a black president for them they feel like the dream is fulfilled mm-hmm. plus all that bullshit that we were saying when Barack Obama got elected right that oh the dream is now fulfilled because yeah. we have a black man in office so, back to Trump, so a lot like, of white oh, people a lot that. of average white people who aren't up on a lot of these social issues really think racism is over right and they think that it's a, a remade or a rehashed up construct for black people to try to get more than what they've been getting and but their understanding is misguided because they're basing their entire understanding on the Martin Luther King I have a dream speech right and at the end of the speech he says free at last free at last thank God almighty we're free at last so they think that we've been free, free. since 1965 right. not that thinking is- about mass incarceration and all this other shit so it really occurred to me that that's where a lot of well-meaning or otherwise ignorant white people get their understanding of racism from so that's I, I would love to get somebody else's take. I on know that. that's a really interesting topic. I feel like you need to put that out on like I a, might have to. I might have to put that on like an IG post or like yeah, really, really break totally. it down. But um, we we were talking about the inauguration, the last days of Trump in office, and and all of that. So every president who is leaving office has to write a, a bunch of par- pardons. 
Right? Why do they have to? Well, they don't. It's kind of just customary. It's customary for presidents to leave. Like, pardon who? Like, anyone they feel like? Like, it seems like a dumbass there, No, I, so there are a lot of people who lobby and campaign for specific people who are incarcerated to be pardoned, right? Like, there's, like, a lot of Is that what people it. actually do? To the, or do they pardon, like, fucking CEO criminals well, and, like, people that do tax evasion in, in and this, In this particular instance with Trump, he pardoned a lot of people who were his supporters, Right. A lot of people who worked in his cabinet that were about to get arrested. Other people like Joe. So they're about to get arrested and he's allowed to just pardon them. Yes. That's so it's it's a very fucked up system. On the other hand, though, the other flip side of that is that there are people who are actively lobbying for certain individuals who may be wrongfully accused. Yeah, that shit is understandable. Their time after decades in jail should be getting pardoned. And and there's a movement every year or every, um, you know, every presidential term, people are trying to lobby for these pardons. So uh, President Trump pardoned a lot of hip hop artists. Like who? Kodak Black. Oh, <laughs> Lil Wayne. What? <laughs> like, Yo, I didn't like, even hear about Yeah, so he, he pardoned Kodak Black. He pardoned Lil Wayne. Hey. He pardoned Detroit Mayor Kwame Kilpatrick, who was like a hip-hop mayor. Wait, didn't Lil Wayne just get caught with guns in New yeah, York Yeah, so I think that recently? that's what he got pardoned for. Why did Trump do that? Because he, he fucking... He, um, Lil Wayne was a Trump supporter during the campaign. I did not know that. Yeah. I had no Lil idea. Lil Wayne was doing rallies for Trump. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> no. He was dead ass wearing a MAGA hat. Like, it was a big ass thing for like a week. Do you think he just did that because he wanted he to wanted get pardoned? He wanted to get pardoned. 100%. Okay, so I can You know what I mean? There's oh a method to the madness. Don't get it Wait, fucked up. Like, the, whole, think... the whole time or just that last week? Who the fuck knows? I don't really. But one of the interesting pardons <laughs> that I saw in this whole mix was Harry O. Harry O is the person who put up $1.5 million to create death row and then Whoa. went to jail on really big cocaine charges and has been in jail since. But he's the one who gave Suge Knight the money to create death row records. And then so what do you it, know? It's it called escaped. death row and then he gets put on death row. No, well, he wasn't on death row, but yeah. I get it, I get what you're saying. Um, so I thought that was really interesting because he's been in jail. He's kind of like an undercover founder of like West Coast hip hop. Like people don't really know about Harry O. Like the Did only he reason... throw on a Trump hat too? Nah, nah, nah. I just, I don't know how that happened. I, but... I still need to go back to the Lil Wayne thing. <laughs> Hold on a second. Okay. <laughs> so ha- Lil Wayne got charged with these gun charges. Yeah. When was that? That was like fairly pretty recent. recent. Like, like two over the last ago. two weeks or so. Two weeks? I don't, I think maybe two, three, maybe a month ago. I don't remember. Okay. Exactly. So very recently. So up until these charges, did he start wearing a MAGA hat and supporting Trump? I think he was, I mean, the election was in November. So he was, he was at rallies for Trump during that campaign. So early November, so October. Before. Yeah. So I don't really know exactly what charge he's getting pardoned for. I just know he's getting pardoned. How did I not know about this? How come no one speaks on this? I don't know. People are. I mean, I'm talking about it right now. I'm, spe- I'm literally speaking on it. You never told me this before, and you know I my love for I would have imagined you known. You know what I'm I saying? I can't even pod anymore. <laughs> I'm very upset. Why are you upset? Because... Because Lil Wayne is like one of my favorites, and I can't look yeah, at him but the he, same way he's he a Trumper. He's not a Trumper in the way that like... He's somebody leading from Trump f- rallies. You're, you're right, but I don't think... I'm not going to my political opinions from... I'm not trying to get my political opinions from Lil Wayne. I don't want right? my political opinions, but I just... Ew, like, you're leading Trump rallies? I would imagine I if that. I see something as outstanding as that, or even when Lil Pump 
supported Trump. It's because of something that they need for themselves. You know what I'm saying? I don't see it in the the same way as like, oh, they really value this guy's politics and his decision making. So that's why they support him. I think like, nah, there's a hustle. There's a bag in it. There's something that they need from this guy to do that. And they're willing to take the the general backlash that's going to come from supporting this dude for the sake of what they need. Right. If I'm facing jail time and I'm a rapper with the kind of reach and influence that Lil Wayne has and I'm facing jail time and they say in in, in order for me to escape jail and keep my career going that I got to support this guy. I can see why somebody would make that decision and say, is Kodak Black supporting Trump, too? Um, No. But again, I think there are people who lobby for a presidential pardon. It doesn't matter whether it doesn't matter what their politics are. So it says they Lil lobby Wayne's for presidential lawyer pardons. denies rumors that his Trump support was a tactic for a pardon. Of course he's going to say that. What else is going to say? <laughs> what else is going to say? Well, I know. Obviously, it's a lie. I'm just it's just interesting. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't yeah. even focus. Give me another topic <laughs> right now. Well, the, uh, Twitter was coming for Timbaland. Why? Because young people just discovered sampling like yesterday. Like people just realized that, oh, Timbaland was taking songs from obscure or taking samples from obscure records and putting them in his music. Obviously, so it's there called was, sampling. There was one Twitter post that had like, I guess they chronicled all these different original songs and how Timbaland flipped them. And then they, like it, it spread like crazy and then people were accusing Timbaland of stealing music. What the fuck? <laughs> because are, people are don't understand. Sa- like, I, I don't, I, it's it's foolish. Which it's young fucking people? demented. I'm upset now about this Lil Wayne thing. I'm about to go on Twitter and be like, you guys are stupid. I'm finding the tweets. I need to unleash my rage. Oh my! Yeah, release the rage. Set in right now. Release the rage. Um, moving forward, we we only have so much time. Okay. (laughs) So, uh, speaking of other rappers, Jadakiss just crossed a billion streams. So I saw that all over my social media timelines and shit, which was cool. But then what I also said, and I took a screenshot of it, it was really funny. So Def Jam congratulates uh, Jadakiss for crossing a billion streams, and Jadakiss in in the. uh, Comments replies, all right, now y'all need to send that check. <laughs> <laughs> like what the and but in seeing that it made me realize that major label artists do not have access to their data in the way that independent artists do. Mm. That's what do made you think me, they keep it from be, them in order to manipulate. Yeah, them well, because they're signed to a record deal, so all that money comes to the label before it goes to you. The label got to cut you a check, right? And then even also, your like, streams. Maybe they're not going to tell you what your numbers are right away. If I don't know, no, they their fudge their numbers because yeah. there's, there's no way for you to verify independently. Why fudge instead of fuck? Is that I always thought fudge was just like a way to um, censor the word fuck, but it's not. no fudge is like because fudge is it smears like so you could like you're playing around with the with so the numbers, smudge the numbers. Yeah. Not yeah. fudge. The, fudge sounds like fudgesicles. Are we really doing this? <laughs> I'm trying to keep it light. It's not light. You're fucking deep diving on fucking the word fudge. Jesus. Someone's got to do it. <laughs> but, I, but I thought that that was interesting that he doesn't even have access to his streaming or his money in the way that an independent artist does. So an independent artist, you know, we get a, you know, a few thousand streams and then we're lucky if we put, can put gas in our car. Right. But we at least know how many streams we got. We at least are able to see how much that accrues, right? Where a la- an artist signed to a major label doesn't have access to that data until they request it. And even then, it's coming through so many different departments that yeah. it's not the real numbers. So you're saying <laughs> it's shitty to get signed by a major label. Got it. I mean, Indie all the much. way. You know what I'm saying? Like, pretty much. Like, I, I, you know, I mean, there's benefits and there's, you know, it's, there's harm and there's risk. Like, yeah, you're going to be really world famous, but you may be broke. That sounds you, shitty. I or you don't may be rich be for three years and then be 
completely destitute and now you have to be destitute with the shame of having been popular and yeah no nah, i don't even want to be famous ever like i want i told you i want to be like i want to have like a cult following of like diehard fans that i can still you know make a decent living off of but be able to go to the grocery store and like sweatpants and like underwear showing and shit and not be like paparazzi exactly but um yeah other than that that's that's everything on my list do you have anything I want to get high. Hey, you guys know any really good shows on uh, HBO about murdering people and like Murder. hiding the bodies and sex and drugs? I need a new we show. We need those shows. We, we, so we, if we're running gonna... out of our murderer drug shows. So. I know. And it says something that we're obsessed with these murderer drug shows. And Mindhunters, if you're out there listening right now, get it the fuck together. You had your break. Get back and make us a season I know. Season we're three. like completely devastated that Mindhunters is not coming back for a third season. And we were so late on watching that show and we watched it on like all of two seconds. But well, we still oh! have to watch your honor. Oh, Sharp Objects, which is not a new Sharp show Object at all. Sharp Objects is a really good that show. That I made him watch this and I rewatched it and I, the first it, time I, I was, did, I was, I was triggered all throughout it. Like I, I yes. brought that show up in therapy. Like, it's so <laughs> triggering. That fucking show is so triggering. Yeah, no, I definitely the main character resonates a lot with me, but the mom in the in the show I'm really like, triggers you. I'm like you. I'm watching childhood. It's fucking ridiculous. It's absurd. <laughs> but in any case, She's we got Fem Deadly queen. Venoms. Speaking of women, <laughs> God, don't introduce them like that. Well, no, we're gonna get into our dope conversation. Really fucking dope yeah. conversation with Fem Deadly Venoms, and here we go. Let's just hit record. <laughs> let's, just, let's just let's just get into it. So Aima, I'm gonna I'm I'm just start. I'm gonna I'm come in hot. Like you said, you was on your way. You text. Like, what does "on your way" mean in the world of quarantine and more? Like, does that like when you when you was going to a club and you text somebody like, "Yo, I'm on my way." You could be home, still getting dressed. You could be on the freeway. But when you're in the world of quarantine and you're doing a Zoom, what is "on my way"? Like, I'm in my bedroom and I'm going to the living room. Basically, I had to go from the West Tower to the North. <laughs> See, there we go. Okay. <laughs> Okay. My own. <laughs> so now that we got that out of the way, I'm going to let little MC do the intro. Oh, thank you all for joining us in this episode, which we are dedicating to women in general. Um, we're going to say women in hip hop because we just got off of this women's empowerment um, it, workshop and we needed the dopest ladies in the Bay Area, the Mercedes ladies of the Bay, you know, and, <laughs> and, and we got Breathless that just joined y'all and we got like this dope ass announcement and we're just waiting for y'all to drop a music video Fem uh, Deadly Venoms ladies and yeah Fem Deadly Venoms hey stop <laughs> What's good? Venoms. yeah thank you for joining us and, and we're super excited to have you yeah, Zoom <laughs> and we were, Thanks, into, we were getting into some hot topics prior to Ayama joining us today um, but before we get into the ratchet stuff let's, let's start let's start on a mild you know a mild plan even keel mm-hmm. let's start there even and then let's, like, let's get weirder with it so how did like all of y'all form and wh- how long ago was this? Tell us the, the origin, origin story. story. Yeah. All right, I'll take it. Yes, ladies. And I, I was waiting for me to take it. <laughs> you take it and then I'm gonna take it and Breathless will take it. We'll, we're gonna round robin it. Round robin. Okay, so the Fem Deadly Venoms formed as a jam session at my house Okay. for women to express their art form, primarily of the hip hop persuasion it started with me, my girl Selsky, my girl DeAndroid, who are both turntablists from the Bay Area. If you do not know them, shout get out, familiar. Yep. And the fourth member in the inception was Cat 010, part of Crown City Rockers, ter- uh, keyboardist, uh, producer, singer, songwriter, extraordinaire, just a, a beast. Um, 
we just started jamming and we were like, oh, this is cool. Let's make an album. So we did. And then we dropped that album. One of our ladies had a baby. One of our ladies went to nursing school. The other one moved to Hawaii. And Aima at the time was a feature on that first album. And I called her up. I was like, girl, we've got to keep the deadly venoms going. Will you help me in no, my endeavor? Not to cut you off. I just want to paint the appropriate. I just want to paint the appropriate. I just want to paint the appropriate picture. What year is this? What year, what year are we talking? Oh, okay. Oh, uh, 2013. Okay. I knew that feel right. Okay, and then for 13, those who don't know, kind of. For those who don't know, give us a give us a, a an idea of what the Bay Area hip hop scene was like then because i don't know because I, I was I, I just moved out here i think in 2012 so oh okay yeah so um cool it was cool <laughs> it was pretty cool <laughs> it was kind of cool, cool. It, yeah. I, it was even cooler before <laughs> um honestly then when i i i moved here in 2007 fresh off hurricane katrina and I was like, I'm here, what's up? <laughs> and actually it was San Francisco at the time, that hip hop scene was banging. Okay. I didn't even play in Oakland when I first got here. Okay. I, there were no gigs for me in Oakland at the time, but um, in Frisco, as Aima can attest to, it was jumping. Great okay. crew. Cool. It, Rapping it, crew. It, it was jumping in Oakland too, but for the DJ scene, for the DJs, it was Frisco, and it was Zeta, and it was Pam the Functress, rest in peace hey, and power, in peace, and it was it was Hate Street, and it was Amoeba, and it was like, you know, it was it was really live, and it was the mission. It was so, the mission. Oh, oh the mission. Yeah. So y'all started yeah. originally as a jam session, a cipher, if you will, yeah. right? Yeah. And then I just decided For to sure. create a collective and then put out an album. Yeah. The, the other ladies involved. I'm, I'm bringing Lil MC up to speed. The the other ladies involved went away. You you got mm. Aima to to get down with the cause and then take us from there. Well, I I actually um I was rocking with Cat Owenow and some other projects, and she invited me to be an extra on their music video, and I pretty much um, hustle and change, which you can find on YouTube, and it was it was, I was just totally blown away and I pretty much bugged them and was like, put me on, put me on, put me on. And you then, didn't bug, it was like one phone call and I was like, yep. <laughs> I bugged you, I bugged you. <laughs> and, um, and so when there was all these shifts in the core, I, so basically you're looking at on screen, there's, we're in our fourth generation of FBB. Oh, so the story that, Lady Fingers just told was the first generation. I came in, I was the second generation. And we, uh, Dakini Star, who wasn't here, it was the third. And then Breathless is the fourth. And so this has been an, an evolution of. Um, so it's like when they add new, new power ranges. MCs, original content, and like really uplifting women. Yeah. It's really dope. Yeah. For sure. What are some of the dopest um, things that y'all have done as a collective, be it performances or features or curating events or touring? Like, what's some of the most memorable take homes? And crickets. Amsterdam. One of, I would think, um, 
one of the dopest and also it was kind of one of those experiences of like highs and lows is um when um when fdv well i guess i guess i wasn't really fdv it was kitty pack but it's kind of all the same <laughs> what we did at lib pretty much was like a highlight for me lib um, oh, um, San Francisco Pride. We San were on oh, yeah. the Francisco main Pride. stage of Thank San Francisco you. Pride. Yeah. That was there you go. Ooh, epic. There you go. That Did was you also epic. say LIB too, Lightning in a Bottle? Yeah, yeah. A lot of our members played that. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely SF Pride. That's I don't know, I'm just Breathless like... Did main, didn't you do main stage at Pride too, but separately, right? Separately, I believe. Yeah, well, I wasn't part of the pack yet, but... Uh, Unfortunately... Like, we had our eyes on you, though. We did. Yeah, yeah we Hard. did. Hard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, <Whoa>. let's... <laughs> What's going on here? Let them love each other. I'm so... Get your manness out of the I know. I, sh I should be... Okay. I'm, I'm going to disappear. He's going in and out. in the background again. He's in and out. It's like that Homer Simpson <laughs> gif. Yeah, get that Homer Simpson out of here real quick. <laughs> Into the ratchet. <laughs> yeah, go back. <laughs> back to the woke. <laughs> back to your home. You don't like your home? So then how, tell us the story of how Breathless got involved. So I remember, you know, you, you was telling me a little bit about it, B, but uh, you, I don't know, I was pretty drunk when you were telling me the story. So enlighten me again. Oh, okay. Okay, so like one night we had this show and we were rocking together, right? And we had seen each other at shows. We just see each other and we work with Jazz Mafia as well. So we've done a lot of work together, to right? So we know how dope we all are. <laughs> but we had this particular show together. And so I rocked and then they asked me to rock a song with them. I'm like, yeah, yeah, cool, cool, cool. Let's do it. I'm always in to rock with my ladies, right? And so we did it. And I don't know, I don't know what the, the energy was. It was just live. It was nice. It felt good. It felt right. And later on, you know, we're talking, I'm a little tipsy, you know, whatever. And I'm just kind of like, yeah, what's up? You know, I'm like the next member. And I kind of said it kind of jokingly, but not jokingly. And they were like, whoop, whoop, let's go. And you spoke that into existence. There you go. That was the key. They're like, we just need her to say the word. Drunken manifestation. <laughs> little did she know, we had been talking about her for a year. Yep. And we had been talking about you, uh, Breathless, since the last album, Planet Femme. Like, after Planet Femme came out and we were talk kind of talking about, like, the future of the group and where we wanted it to go and what, it, what, what we wanted the sound to be. And you had come up so many times. We've all been fans of yours for so long. You're such a fire spitter, like, really yeah. quality lyricism and swag and performance and everything. And so, I mean... We set you up, basically. <laughs> we set you up, and, and you know, when you, when you came of to choice. it, we were like, we were ready. Mm -hmm. The illusion of drunken manifestation. <laughs> yeah. So you, you all still work with Jazz Mafia? Are they kind of like, okay. And so do you ever see yourself trying to find some all-female instrumentalists and just being like lady power to the max? Like, you know, female guitarists? Because I know Breathless picking up the guitar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Healy. You know? <laughs> Joan yeah. Jett, hip-hop kind of vibe? Yeah, I mean, FTV has always kind of been an umbrella um, to just 
bringing in all types of women and we have a, a couple different different all-female incarnations that include like live live female instrumentation Shayna from jazz mafia Shayna evnick yep on the gram um incredible composer and violinist and um sophie powers who's a amazing horn player and so yeah we are definitely about um putting women center stage actually we just dropped a song last year as the uh super group of women members from jazz mafia and femme deadly venoms called mm -hmm. pussy cartel and we dropped a song last year called uh iron jawed wait iron Jolt. jawed lock angels is that it it's wordy. I forget the title. It's dope, but wordy. I can't remember. But yeah, like, so absolutely. I mean, if you're a woman and you get down, holler at the Deadly Venoms, you know? Give us a ring. Damn, I love this. This is such a great day. I feel, and, and you know what else? <laughs> the verses is happening too with Keisha Cole and the Shanti. Yes. <laughs> Who do y'all got? Who do y'all like? Because y'all all Bay Area, right? So I'm sure y'all all like Keisha Cole or is there an Ashanti fan over here? I mean, let's be real. It's Keisha. Yeah. Hey. I mean, I love Ashanti, <laughs> yeah. but it's Keisha. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Yeah. <laughs> so then what's up? What's yeah, up with the tour? Yeah. What do you guys It's tough, you, but yeah. Are you guys going to come out with something soon? I mean, I know you guys do the live stream, which is super dope. And you guys did that, that one live stream for, like, uh, during the election, which was lit. And I'm so happy that you... Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, your verse was fire on it with your no normal... Like, yes. loved it. That was so good. We all made an appearance. Yeah. I was getting because my like my whole setup wasn't working with my light and my you know the sound. I was getting kind of mad, so I had to like hold a stuffed animal so I was you know not getting. I could calm myself. A comfort animal. Yeah, a self soothe. Yeah, it was exactly. like a comfort was stuffed animal. It was raw. This, this is my, this is my comfort good. animal. Aww. Aww. Look, I, I'm glad you asked. We actually do have a project that we have completed and we are working and plotting on when it's going to come out. We got a dope, dope, extra dope single uh, phenomenon that that we're all super proud of and can't wait to, to we're gonna have a little some some video stuff coming soon. So uh, you guys want to expound on that? Like, I'm really excited. I got to get in on this project and um can't wait to keep creating, but I'm excited to get this one out. Oh yeah. Yeah, we um we recorded over the past two years, I believe, um an album. Um, and it's our album that we're bringing Breathless into the crew on as well, which is super special. Um the debut. Yeah, she's amazing. If you didn't know already, which oh, you do. I know. <laughs> and um we're we're sitting on it. We're looking for a distribution deal. Hello. Um, so when that happens, when the planets align, we are going to drop it. Um, we're going to probably independently release the single phenomenon, which is the title track of the album. Um, you can expect a feature from Latif, the truth speaker, um, Nicholas Payton's on there and this incredible uh, multi-instrumentalist from New Orleans. We got members of Jazz Mafia on the album too. I produced it. Um, we all helped write the lyrics. Of course, I did the cuts. Um, yeah, and the, the lyrics are just, you know, phenomenal. So you're like phenomenal, a whole self-contained label. <laughs> like, you guys are like your own label. Kind of, sort of, yeah. 
I'm almost, gonna... almost. Who mixed it so good? I'm gonna mix it. Shout oh. out head nod, by the way. Head nodic. Head nodic. This head is the first. Actually, all the stuff we've released in the past, um, we recorded ourselves and just paid for the mixing mastering. But this time, um, we got with the mad genius head nodic, and he did all the recording this time, and he mixed it, and then the homie Ice Water mastered it. So I don't know if you guys have ever had the pleasure of working with Hypnotic, but he is a force to be reckoned with. Now I heard his album with um with the uh, infamous Taz so, uh, in the moment. Yeah, 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 the new really the dope. new stuff. Really dope. Yes, yeah, he's he's incredible. So, um, yeah, that was great to uh step inside someone else's studio to do the recording and kind of take that off of our plate as well and just be creative. That's always nice. I mean, it is you know? cool, though, that y'all have the capacity to do everything yourself. You know, it's like, it's you helpful. don't need anyone. <laughs> but right? it's also nice. I see what you mean. It's like, it'd be nice if someone would just give us a distribution deal so we can just make dope shit and not have to worry about all this other fucking bullshit yeah. that comes along with being an artist. <laughs> I feel that we need a podcast dream. show deal. At the, end of, at the end of 2020, we are all TV producers, graphic designers. All of us, yep. <laughs> music yeah. producers, like engineers. <laughs> Um, I mean, you kind of have to, the independent artist is every, wears every hat. But this is the first project, um, the first group that I've been in where it is insular, where it's like women produced, uh, you know, it's like women engineered, and it's completely different. It's completely different when you're working with all women, and um, you're not at sort of like the tug and pull and the whims of... Man. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I yeah. love you, baby. <laughs> it's fun. It's fun. <laughs> He's gonna bear again on that one. Exactly. It's yeah, fun. I'm gone. I'm gone. No, but we were just speaking on I've, this. I've been in the game a long time. I've worked with a lot of men and I've had my music held, you know, and I've had to like deal with a lot of things and it's it's just a different energy. Like I, I I'm I'm different within like an all female space as a performer MC, so I, I, just I would imagine. It. I mean, because and, and and we can and you guys can speak about patriarchy and, and and sexism within the music industry and like dudes trying to fuck you under the guise of a new uh, studio session, quote unquote, yeah. right? Like I think a lot of women have those kind of experiences. Um, but speak to speak to that, but then also speak to the the opportunity to be your most authentic self creatively when you're around women and and what that difference is. Um, compared to like being in just studio sessions with like men and male dominated spaces and I'll disappear now. I mean, I think, I think for me, it's just a matter. I love how you presented it, which is a matter of being my authentic self mm -hmm. and my guards are down in a different way. And like the ingenuity and creativity that comes through when you're, when your guards are down is it's a whole other level. I'm no, I'm going to, I'm going to um, piggyback off that. Cause that's so true. Like um, I've been singing my whole life, but I've never written as many lyrics as I have sitting in the room with Aima Dakini breathless, because not only did they encourage that creative process, but it was such a safe space. Mm -hmm. And I, I felt so safe, not only writing more than I've ever written in my life, but also then presenting it to somebody to a sounding board that I know was safe, you know? 100%. I wasn't going to tell you you're too radical, you're too feminist, you're too this, you're too that, but was going to say, hey, that's your story, that's your truth, and there's 
a platform for it. Exactly. <laughs> I just, I have nothing else to add. That's oh, it. Okay. No, and I mean, I, I feel that too. And I feel like men probably can, can, I mean, I don't want to disregard men and say that if, I mean, you maybe hold back if you're coming into an all female space, like maybe you experience something similar. Like, is it, is it easier for you to be your most authentic self if you're like in a male collective or not? I mean, most of my friends are women. So I always navigate in that space with that understanding. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just, I have this understanding mm. of like, I don't know, like just, I mean, just not only a modicum of respect, but a modicum of just like camaraderie and, and, and all of that and things that are mm. acceptable within that space and within that dynamic that may or may not be acceptable in other places. So it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's something that I'm, I'm, I'm aware of quite often more so than I think a lot of other people because of just the dynamics that I have and, and the way that I move. Um, but I don't know. No, I think I'm. I'm, I'm I, I try to keep it as as a hundred as possible within the realm of respectability, right? Like I don't want to offend anybody, even in being authentic or whatever, whatever I deem as authentic. Mm -hmm. So you know, certain things is like, all right, well, this may not be appropriate if I'm writing something, you know what I'm saying, and 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 it's coming across as as something more based in bravado than actual experience mm -hmm. that may be offensive to the person that I'm working with. So it's it's a creative choice of my own to say that's that's not necessary in this space. You know, I don't feel censored. I just think that it's not necessary in certain spaces to say certain things. So that's that's the one thing I would say as like a male artist who works with and collabs with a lot of female artists, right? And I also am curious to see what y'all think about this because this also came up in our women's empowerment workshop. They were, um, someone had at, posed the question to me and Amani um about the differences between you know how it was being a female artist in a male dominated genre of hip-hop and you kind of um spoke on that you felt safe to to like you know write more and, and show your crew like what you were writing and i think that i'm gonna play like a devil's advocate side do you think that in in feeling really really safe there is kind of like oh, well, we want everyone to feel so safe that we're not going to tell them if they can do, if they could perform better or if that lyric wasn't really hitting or like be, a, like find a way to be critical. You know what I mean? Because um, mm -hmm. I feel like you want to, mm -hmm. you want to nourish the, the creativity, but at the same time, if you know someone can do better, you want to encourage them to be better. Do you know what I'm saying? No. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, that, that's a good, very good question. Very good question. Um, and when I say a safe, trustworthy place, I mean a safe place to accept constructive criticism. Because in our crew, we're honest. We don't sugarcoat shit because we don't have to. Because we're so comfortable and safe with one another, we can comfortably give constructive criticism without knowing with knowing that we're not going to oh, hurt someone's feelings. No, it's not about that. It's about making good music together. And oh, have you tried this? And we're, we're so comfortable with each other that we can have that conversation without anyone getting their panties in a wide or their feelings hurt. You know, that doesn't happen in our crew because we're that comfortable with each other. Like constructive criticism is always welcome and actually invited in our crew. It's just like that. Hell I've been in other women crews where, yeah, you're right. That was the case where everyone was scared to be like, oh, it sounds great, honey. No, no, I need to know if it's sloppy, if this is, if this could be better here. Um, in Fem Deadly Venoms, we've got that relationship 
luckily. That's really for dope. sure. Because yeah. I think our calm, uh, it's something that we speak on often is how we feel like in, in the Bay Area, there isn't really like quality control in that. We, we feel like everyone should be invited into the culture. So when we're do, inviting everyone in, there is no like, okay, maybe you should sit this round out. Or, you know, like yeah. we're just trying to be so sensitive to everyone that it just kind of, I don't know. <laughs> we, we don't get that sure. level of... Um, the level of competition that we might see in like other communities like New York, where they're a little bit more, you know, uh, transparent and I just say it again. <laughs> but I'll yeah, say I, this, you know, you may be invited to work out with us, but you may not necessarily get the invite to come on stage with us because, you know, of course there has to be a certain level of quality. That's why we're here. That's why we, we're doing this, you know, because yeah, there's gotta be quality control too. But that doesn't mean a woman's been in it a year and is like, yo, Eric, can I come cut with you? Absolutely, let me show you some cuts. That doesn't mean I'm gonna go perform at the DMC and we're gonna go compete together. No, it doesn't mean that. But it means my office and lab is always open to teach you the craft. But that doesn't mean we're gonna run out and make a mixtape together, right? Like, let's do that in 10 years when you're ready. You know? I like that mentality. That's a really dope philosophy. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Any, do you have any questions? I mean, I feel like I could ask you guys questions all <laughs> night long. So I feel like- Breathless the question. Oh, <laughs> breathless, okay. Ask breathless the question. I got you, B. What? What, what <laughs> made you, okay, so have you been in other female collectives before? Have you been solo aside from being in there? No, okay, so I've only ever been in one other group situation uh and it's when I actually first started rhyming uh I got kind of put on into this group it was kind of like rough riders right and I was kind of like the the only female of the group um and we did compilations and we did mad shows and all that other stuff um so that's the only other group I've ever freaking been in and I was the only girl and then later another girl got added but she was like completely different style than I was so it didn't matter. Plus, you know, I stuck out anyway, because that's, that's what I do, right? So, <laughs> so that was that, right? And then I'm like, now nah, I'm gonna go do my solo thing. So completely solo, wasn't even thinking about trying to be with anybody's group. I tried to have dancers once. I was like, I can't even control these guys. They won't even show up when I need them to. Like, I'm, I'm like serious when I'm rehearsing and practice. Like, we gotta, you know what I mean? Do you get scary? Like, do you get like your drill sergeant voice on? I've never seen no, you scary. No, not a drill sergeant, but like, you know, I'm thorough. Like if I mess up lyrics, I got to start from the beginning. Like it's not, you got to do it over again. And it doesn't matter how many times, you know what I'm saying? Like you got to know it. If you can't get through it at least three to five times without messing up, then, you know. I had this funny image just come to my brain. I'm sorry. The first time I ever saw Breathless perform, I think you had Iron Lotus with you. Um, and, and if anybody knows Iron Lotus, right, or, oh, or, yeah. there was that one sister that she's like really, really tall. So in you talking about like in, in, in Lil MC asking you if you're like really like mean or whatever the case is when it comes to rehearsal, I caught this image in my brain of you berating this tall ass. <laughs> but did she or that just no, like it's in just your an brain? image yeah. in my brain and it's just, it's 
a funny image. Now, I could see you getting 70 with some. I love her. Oh, no, by the way, she is amazing, an incredible dancer. I love working with her. She's worked with me on like several projects and on stage at Oakland Pride and nice. San Francisco Pride. Like she, she, she killed what it. What was that other women's collective that you, that you were part of? I'm trying to remember. It was it. Phoenix Rising. Venus Rising. Yeah, Venus Rising. Venus. Venus. Yeah. Venus. Yeah. Yes. Uh, myself and another DJ, Angel Powers, uh, we hey. co-founded it together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've kind of lightweight been thinking about resurrecting it. Yes. We used to do the all-female shows and all types of kind of based in hip-hop, but all kinds of genres, all it was kinds like of variety art. show. It was really dope. Yeah. Yeah, you were there. You know what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah. I, uh, so I would love to resurrect that again in some way, shape, or form. But, you know, we'll see how COVID does and how the virtual world is. You know, I don't know. Well, we got our little little sneaky plan that we're trying to drop on these people. You know, we have this all-female <laughs> cypher that we're trying to plan. That's um, really Kind of like yeah. what, what they do with Team Backpack and stuff. But it would be like... Yeah break dancers and graffiti artists and like DJs so like obviously y'all would be invited but like do some like raw hip hop cypher shit in the bay you know to put a little spotlight on us because I feel like we get overlooked yeah Yeah, I like it Mm -hmm. I like it a lot yeah the bay is a a great place to incubate your art it's hard to like leap off here I think you know I think we got creativity, we've got ingenuity, we've got collaboration, but industry, it's um, still something left to be desired a little bit. Mm-hmm. Okay, why do you think that is? I'm mm-hmm. really curious because we have this debate often too and I'd love your perspective. You know what? It makes no sense considering how many rich people we have here who could be yeah. like smashing our arts, <laughs> our arts and music scene. Um, I, I really don't understand why we're, we're not more supported in that way, um, like LA or New York. Um, yeah. You know, it's like we have all of these mega superstars that come out of the Bay, yeah. but they don't really hit until they move to LA or until yeah. they, you yeah. know, move to yeah. Atlanta or until they move to New York or something where they can, you yeah. know, be, you know, be supported in that way. What do y'all think? That's so true. <laughs> you nailed it. As per usual, yeah, exactly. I, yeah, I can't really, I don't really understand it either with all the mad amount of money here. I think most of the money is just so filtered and focused on Silicon Valley that maybe the music industry is so overlooked because everyone's out here trying to develop the next app. They're not really looking and focused on the music industry so much because it's so focused in LA. I don't know. Yeah, it's frustrating. It's like Keisha Cole from the Bay, her from the Bay, you know, like Kamaya from the Bay, and you're absolutely over and over right. again. Bay. Kamala Harris from the Bay. Hello. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? No, I mean, thing I, I kind of like have my heights set on uh, for eventually doing, you know, maybe like at the end of the 2020 decade is trying to do like a, a documentary on the women in hip hop, kind of like the hip hop yeah. on Netflix and just going around the country and eventually the world and interviewing like all of these dope little hip hop scenes um, that are female run. And then also just like all of these key women in hip hop that started the culture, you know, because I feel like you're absolutely right. It is fucking annoying that hip hop is so mainstream 
where people come from these really dope communities and then they pop off and they don't stay there and cultivate the community more. Yeah. They just go somewhere else where they can become, you know, I don't know, like a, a mainstream pop icon. So we got to yeah. change that, guys. Come on. We're here right now in the writing room. This is where it's going to happen. Right now, yes. <laughs> so wait, shout out your um, <clears throat> excuse me, shout out your Instagrams and all of those things and all the things that Fem Deadly Venoms as a collective have going on in the future. Please, please. Sure, sure. Um, so get at us, femdeadlyvenoms.com and at for all the social medias. Get with us on the Twitch, hey. Lady Fingers. Spelled F-I-N-G-A-Z. We stream on my ch channel. We do various things. Breathless shows up. Aima shows up. Um, a werewolf may show up. Cookie Monster could show up on the stream. You never know. Rainbow so, Kitty. Rainbow Unicorn. Rainbow, Rainbow Unicorn Kitty shows up sometimes. So you probably want to follow the channel. Get with that. Um, just get with us because we are dropping an album soon called Phenomenon. Yeah, I'm so, so excited for this album. Y'all are so talented. It's, it's the feminist, though. It is. I'll be honest. It's some of the best shit I've ever done as a producer, yeah. as a DJ, yeah. as a singer, as a writer. I'm like, this is this is my opus at this point in my career. No and bullshit. What 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 is what do I have to do to see if if we, I can like collab with you for a, like a birthday live stream on Twitch event? I don't want to. I, I feel like y'all are the holler holler yeah? sis. I'm okay. I'm in West Oakland. Let's do it. Hey. I got the setup. I got the setup. Holla. Quarters. HQ. Ooh, <laughs> I do. Okay. I do. It's it's on. I'm gonna You'll be very impressed. Cookie Power song, so it's gonna be Wops the Shaking. Wops. Shaking Wops. And that's the title of this Shaking Wops. Shaking Wops. <laughs> shaking little Wops, you know? Yes. Look, well, cool. I like my Wops all types of ways. <laughs> <laughs> I like them shaking. I like them thick. <laughs> hey, that's the next song. Come on. This is great. Well, Queens, I appreciate y'all. We appreciate you all for taking the time out to talk with us and, and chop it up. Um, thank you. That's yeah. I'm, I'm grateful. I'm grateful. I love all y'all so much. Super supportive. Thank you so much for having us thank on. Thank y'all so much. Questions. All right, you guys yeah, have a lovely, thanks, lovely guys. weekend and have fun watching yeah. that Ashanti versus yeah. even though Keisha gonna kill her. <laughs> Peace, y'all. Team Keisha. True, true. <laughs> right, Have a good one. And that was a really great conversation. But um, Ratchet and Woke Podcast, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Ratchet and Woke Podcast, and email us questions, comments, and topics to Ratchet and Woke Podcast at gmail.com. And, and join and, our Ratchet and Woke OnlyFans. Uh, new subscribers get 20% oh, off. We got to get to that next week. <laughs> OnlyFan <laughs> people in your DMs. Oh my god! It went it went from Illuminati to OnlyFans. I don't know how that took a turn. Maybe they're the same people. Giving away the goods. All right, next week, people. Peace. <laughs>